0: Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in
1: understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray. And folks, as usual, we're broadcasting from Renaissance Bank, an office of Renaissance Bank in, in, in beautiful Alpharetta and. If you're looking for a bank that does understand you, a bank that's big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them, but small enough to do it in a personal way, I recommend Renaissance Bank. That's been my experience and apparently the experience of a lot of customers because they keep uh, hitting the top, the, the bank does, of awards and and uh, surveys that are conducted by people like Forbes and Time Magazine, and so forth. So if you need a better banking experience for your business, go to renaissancebank.com and find one of their local offices and give them a call. I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. Now I want to welcome Tiffany C. Wright. Tiffany is the president of the Resourceful CEO and she's also an author. She's written a book called The Funding is Out There, Access the Cash You Need to Grow Your Business. I love it. <laughs> Tiffany, <laughs> welcome.
0: Thank you, John. I'm so glad to be here.
1: I'm delighted you're here, and a lot of folks that need cash for their business may be <laughs> delighted you're here. Uh, let's talk first, though, about you and uh, and your practice. How are you serving folks out there?
0: Well, actually, I I work as a Hmm, The best way to describe it may be as a de facto COO who steps into the CEO role because I help businesses add structure or restructure in order to achieve their objectives, primarily cash flow. I've helped a number of businesses go from either negative cash flow or very low cash flow to maybe 10 to 12 times that amount of cash flow. Oh,
1: wow. Um,
0: And that's huge because that reduces the amount of financing that they need. Um, I've put in infrastructure to to help them accomplish their profit objectives and their revenue objectives, and also to help the owners of these businesses, whether there's one owner or multiple owners, to be able to spend less time working on the actual business, whether that is actually going out and doing acquisitions to grow the business, or um, semi-retiring, or just working less than... You know, working forty hours a week instead of eighty.
1: Yeah, wow! All that's worthy stuff. That's that's <laughs> great. And uh, as you implied, the cheapest financing is internally generated funds, right?
0: That's right. That's <laughs> that's absolutely right.
1: I, I love that. What what are some of the? I want to talk about your book and and in a second. But what are the big struggles that you're seeing right now? Is there any theme? Well, in the clients you work with.
0: The the biggest thing is well, some pivoted, yeah, and uh, but others are growing because I serve a lot of what I call main street businesses, construction, distribution, and so on. And a lot of the construction firms are have grown really fast, so they've had to really revamp the way they do things in order to be able to handle that level of growth and keep their profitability. And they've had to learn to push more stuff down. To others and make sure they have the right team. So it's uh, So that's that's one of the big things that I'm seeing there. Mm-hmm. And for for those that have pivoted, understanding what they need to do with that pivot and how that business model differs from the way they you know the way they did things before mm-hmm. and how to really capitalize on the new business bottle model, model, not yeah, bottle, right? And maybe a bottle, but. <laughs> You <laughs> want to stay away from yeah, that? Yeah, that's why you pivoted.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Boy, let's don't go down that rabbit right, hole, right? right. Yeah, uh, Yeah, I, I get that. And I guess um, I'm really interested in the role that you talked about that you bring. When when you talked about coming in as COO and kind of waltzing into the CEO position does that mean you work with more founder businesses that they really need that management skill that they haven't had before yes okay
0: because my small businesses uh, i typically work with businesses in the five to 30 million range although Mm -hmm. i'll go down to as low as two but with the two to five million dollar range i'm really typically focused more on financing or serving as a at, as a periodic as a strategic advisor, so right just consulting with them a few times a month or a couple of times a month, but what um by so by going in um you know I go in and they want these kinds of things done, but they they may have some resistance, so I have to really get down I have to intervie- you know interview some employees and things like that, and basically, what I have to do is kind of push them out the way. In a good way, in a good way they support it and put myself into more of the CEO role, but then, and do things, but consulting with them the whole time and then teach them as I'm doing them. This is how you do it. This is the cash. So I provide them with the tools, but then I teach them how to use the tools because again, unlike large corporations, you can't keep, they can't keep consultants on for months and months and months on end by doing it this way. They figured I typically an engagement is um, anywhere from six to twelve weeks to larger. I've had ones go as long as uh, sixteen to twenty weeks, mm. but that and that's full time. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if I'm doing it fractionally, it's going to take you know it's going to be over a longer period of time, maybe even a few years, sure. just depending. But um, but yes, if we're doing it forty hours a week. Um, and then, by doing that, they learn everything that they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. and they internalize it, and it becomes theirs. But this way, they own it because it's not like boom all at once, but yeah. they own it, and they they participate in a decision making they hear what their employees have to say they they realize that it's actually better to hear it than to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they don't want to hear what they right. have to say, right? Yeah, it's so better to
1: take the medicine. Than, it's better to yeah. take the medicine yeah. in that,
0: you know, the medicine is not that bad right. if you take it soon, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, um, it's kind of like a, 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 a cancer, You know, if you wait too long Mm. and get to stage four, then the business is likely not going to make it. But if you can catch it at stage one, Mm -hmm. then you can make changes and so on, dietary whatever. But in in the business, you know, the way you handle things and so on, make those changes and build a stronger, better business that then becomes very healthy and sustainable.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Tiffany C. Wright is with us, folks. She's president of the Resourceful CEO. Why resourceful?
0: ah because when the smaller you are the more you have to learn to identify and leverage your resources and that's something i've i've been good at for a very long time i remember when i bought my first house i was like i don't know i started investing Uh my parents were not investors but they said you're coming out of college you need to invest I don't know I said well you're smart you know how to do research you're resourceful we'll figure it out so that's what I did and that's what I've been doing ever since research talk to people it's all different kinds of ways to get the information that you need um, at price points that are better or easier for smaller businesses to handle
1: <laughs> I love that um, so Tiffany talk about financing and I guess one thing I want to get into the book itself but I'm curious about Given your expertise, why write this particular book about funding versus any of the other topics that you could have covered?
0: Well, the, I started off helping businesses get funding. I worked at, <laughs> worked at Enron and, uh, years ago. And, that must have been an
1: experience.
0: Yes, it was. It was a very good experience. I yeah. left a year and a half before things went down, but uh-huh. I could see, I just knew we needed to get back to trading. Yeah, the rest of the stuff was losing money big time in terms of cash flow, mm. but in terms of profits, they look good. So that's why that's another reason why I focus on cash flow and not just profits. You can be profitable, but still be uh, failing if your cash flow is lagging significantly, um, and it's going to catch up with you when business goes down and mm. it can hit you hard. But anyways, um, so I originally focused on funding on fun- on funding. Uh, businesses that typically didn't qualify for bank loans or Mm -hmm. uh, would try a large bank and wouldn't get money and stuff like that. And so by doing that, what I figured out was that there's multiple, you know, I would sometimes have to get um, loans or investments from a few sources, but I would get all the money that they need. And I also learned to focus on getting people to think about what they need the money for instead of just the money. If you need the money for a CEO or something, you may be able to get like an angel investor slash CEO and not have to pay as much up front. Mm. So just different things like that. So So really think about what you need and then you can get more creative about it. If you only think about the money, you may limit. But also most businesses don't. I mean, when I think of like angel investing, they think of tech companies or um or when they think of banks, they think of the large banks. They forget about that, or they don't realize there's all these community banks around them. They ride past them all the time, but they don't pay them any attention. Right. And they don't realize that a lot of community banks have entrepreneurs sitting on the board, and so they can, they identify more readily with small business owners, and so the risk profile is different. Or you know, if you need equipment. You don't go to banks to finance rolling stock. You go to distributors or manufacturers of those and just different things like that. Factoring can be a killer, but it can also be a, a lifeline in, as long as you have a plan to bridge. Just all these different sources of fu- funding, they're not aware of or they're not, they're not aware of how to use them. And so that's what I did. And people would come to me, I can't get financing or it's so difficult for me to get financing. And... It would be the same thing over and over again. So I got a little frustrated Mm -hmm. and I said, I keep repeating myself. Why don't other people know this? And someone, two people told me to write it down. And then that's when I just started, I started writing. There you go. What,
1: it sounds like people just don't know. I mean, they haven't done the homework because they don't know. I mean, it's not because... People aren't bright or anything like right. that. it's just right. because they they don't work in this uh financing world that's and right. don't have all the experience you have and and so forth. but the sources as you've described are almost endless
0: yes that's that's right um like one thing one thing I've thought about are like bartering mm-hmm. now some people sell bartering short or they they'll barter for services they don't need. Why would you do that? You only barter for services or products that you need. Mm-hmm. And you barter at the price that you would typically charge. And that actually is a gap-recognized um, transaction. Mm-hmm. You need to account for that. And at large companies, they call it swaps instead of bartering. They call it swaps. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, yeah. So, it's a legitimate form of, of finding. That's just one that people have heard about. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I don't know. You know, but so so sometimes there's a lot of misinformation around different kinds of things um but when you you know when you do like me and you're investigating all these different things it it um you know starts to get e- easier to hone in on what the issues are what kind of businesses need what kind of funding why they need that kind of funding how long they'll need it those kinds of things so right. yeah
1: yeah let's talk about alternative funding i mean one of the, one of the things that I think the business owners that know about alternative funding, they look at that interest rate. It's going to be higher than what banks often charge. Typically I'm making a broad generalization, but typically that's true. Um, And some people just react with almost fury, right? I mean, and, and the issue is really comparing what you just said it, what you're going to get out of having that money with the interest that you're paying, what's your, the value that you're getting out of the business because you made that, well, you know, received that loan. Right. Right.
0: Right. And it's, it's, and remember if you uh, I f- I focus on cash flow, mm-hmm. if you know, to, oops, if you know, <laughs> I hit the mic folks. That's okay. If, if you, if you know what you'll need the cash 12 weeks in advance, yep. you can make different decisions. than if you need the cash three weeks in advance, if you need the cash three weeks in advance, then you may need to get that high-priced internet entity, you know, based loan um, based on your rece- credit card receivables or something. Um, but if you have twelve weeks in there, maybe you may be able to get an accounts receivable loan from an entity that's not a bank, but that still has better rates. So it just timing and the amount of time that you have really can make a difference. And the other thing I think about our like strategic partnerships, people don't think that mm. much about it. I had uh, one company that I worked with; uh, they actually did this on their own, but it was after we, you know, we were exploring different options. But there was a a, a textbook company; they were a tutoring software firm. It was a textbook company, uh, a large one that was mm-hmm. going into the same school systems that they were, and you know, we were trying to figure out how to get their sales and. Development, you know, raise money for that, and um, said, you know, you guys have to consider partnerships. Anyways, so they partnered with this textbook company, and the textbook company sold their software, at, bundled it with their other uh, textbooks that they were selling into the school programs, and provided them with a three million dollars zero interest loan. Oh wow! So obviously, this isn't something that they negotiated in 6 weeks. Right. Sure. <laughs> but but it was something that came up and then once they decided it was a good fit. So that's alternative financing too. Mm-hmm. So again, it just if you think strategically, you think, you know, what do you need operationally and how much cash you need and when do you need it? All those kinds of different kinds of things can come to mind and help you with your alternative funding.
1: And that's really where it helps to have an outside third party advisor, right. Who, right. who can look at the business strategic, not just know all the funding sources. Right. Right. That's almost, I won't say it's easy, but it's, it, it's certainly looking at the business strategically is taking it to the level of chess versus checkers. Let's put it like that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. right. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean it's, it's taking a d- deep dive and saying what of these, all these sources makes sense.
0: Right, right. It It is because, you know, what's a list? Yeah. Um, What's a list going to do you? It, it, it just tells you what exists, but not how to use it. And a lot of how to use stuff comes from the operational side. What I noticed with a lot of the businesses is when I was focused uh, primarily on funding was that they had a lot of operational issues. If we could correct their operational issues, they wouldn't need so much cash. Mm. But also just, you know, the types of businesses, different types of businesses need different types of funding and different times and so on. And so who needs what, why, where, and th- that kind of thing is, um, it's just really helpful, but definitely the strategic 100 or 1000 foot view, and then operationally what's going on and what are the objectives, the strategic and operational objectives, and then the funding, not mm. just the money, but right. then the funding. Because again, if you're going to use high interest loans or bring in equity, because equity is cheap because it gives, you know, it doesn't, you don't, well, if you get preferred equity, you, you do pay an interest, but you don't pay out of cash flow until you have the cash to pay it. Mm-hmm. But if you, you know, in terms of ownership, it's expensive. When you right. when you look at the returns, assuming your business is, is, is successful, the returns giving back to them is significantly higher than, you know, the interest, the legitimate interest providing entities. Yeah, <laughs> I'll no, put it that way. no,
1: that <laughs> makes perfect. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I love the way you describe the the order of the way you, you have to think about this as a business owner because I think what you're implying with, um, focusing on operational changes before funding is the ca- additional cash flow you can get by making those operational changes you need to have. Right. And again, that gets back to internally generated funds, right?
0: That's right. That's right. If you, if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep having the same problems. You're just going to keep running out of money, having to add more and more debt. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't want to do that. The point is to um, have use debt to grow, but if you have to use debt to shore up, gaps that's a different story Mm. so if you have to use gap it to shore up gaps then you better have a plan to fix those gaps and um and fast yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) better get tiffany on the line uh we'll get to tiffany's phone number here in a second folks but um um tiffany c wright is with us folks she is the president of the resourceful ceo she's also the author of the funding is out there. Access the cash you need to grow your business. So I want to go back to something you said that may confuse folks about okay. um, how their sales and profits can be going up, but their cash flow is not. And you look only at cash flow. So how how is that possible?
0: Well, I do look at profits and revenues. I look at all okay. the financial statements. Yeah. Most business owners look at the income statement. They rarely look at a balance sheet. When they do look at a balance sheet, they don't fully understand what it's telling them. And that's really important, especially if you're, you you want to get bank financing or even investor financing. I mean, if you're stripping out, you think your business is profitable and you barely have any net worth, that means you're stripping all the money out. You're taking mm-hmm. all these distributions. You want somebody to believe in your business? But yet you're pulling all the money out Mm. or invest in your business, but you're pulling all the money out. You don't want that to happen. Right. And the ratios and these kinds of things. So I help business owners understand that and also tie Mm. that to operations. Mm. And um, the so but I look at cash flow, which most do not. Mm. And um, and definitely I look at weekly cash flow, but over a few months, several months. Weekly cash flow. Weekly cash flow. Wow. Because things can change. You could have a quarterly payment. You have a big uh, um, tax payment. You may, you know, your what if your payroll is biweekly? Um, so you know, so you need to know: Is it going to dip before payroll? Can I move? Because then you can, especially if you're a B two B business, you can move. Your receivables or an invoice, you know, or your payables, you can pay Mm -hmm. your payables a little bit later, bring in your receivables a little bit sooner. Mm -hmm. Also, are your receivables, how are they aging? If they're, if it says 30 to 60 days, if it says 30 days, are they being paid in 30 days? If they're not, you need to, you need to have a credit plan. You need to have a credit policy and enforce it. And you need to have an AR policy and enforce it that's a, a nice i call it a collections but it's really it's like you you send the invoice then you follow up 5 days later we hope you received it because what you'll find is that lots of times people will say i didn't get it
1: oh come on i'm right. i'm shocked to right. hear that <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's, you know, you're at 30 days, or right. 35 days, right. five days late. And yeah. they're saying, well, I didn't get it. But if you follow up five days later, right. and and they said, uh, these are for slow payers. Obviously, for people who pay on time, you don't need to do all of this. Sure. But these kinds of things. And then you just get things on track. But there's things like that that are operational mm-hmm. that can really help. But by looking at cash flow and what's driving the the components that go into cash flow, you can make these changes mm. and help your and then they will also help you when you're going for financing and so on because it shows that you're really tracking. Because especially if you're getting loans, they want to see cash flow. Yes, there's assets, but a lot of service businesses don't have very many assets. But the assets are only there as collateral if they have to get their money back. Banks are not in the you know they're not in the business of collecting assets and reselling them. Yeah. They only do that when they have to, right?
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. Yeah, if you're a bank officer making loans like that, it's not a great way to get promoted, right? So, uh, yeah, That's right. yeah, banks not aren't in that business. Um, so, I want to talk to you about um, you, you talked about business owners taking investment. Let's talk about investors that are thinking about investing in a business mm-hmm. because you uh, work from that angle as well, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So, t- talk about some of the issues that potential angel investors, let's say, um, need to be aware of when they look at a business, some of the mistakes they need to avoid.
0: So, um, you, I would say, obviously you want to look at the management team. So how have, what have they done? How have they done? Look at the financials. If you're looking at a startup, it's a different story. You're going to put a lot more weight on the management team. And it's not just the management. It's also what I I call the board of advisors. Mm. And by the way, I think all businesses need a board of advisors. Most businesses don't have a board of directors. So a board of di- advisors would be very good. You have wherever major areas that you're weak in, then that's what you put on your board of advisors. So I have a mar- <laughs> marketing, is not my strong suit. So I have a marketing person, I have an attorney, uh, I have a- anyways, you, you get the mm, point. Yeah. Uh, so investors should look at that. And or potential investors, and then how are they managing the money that they do have? What's their <clears throat> what's the cash burn rate? Mm-hmm. How are they managing the cash that they have gotten? How are they, uh, what are they focusing their funds, the usage of their funds on sources and uses? Right. What's the you know, what's the obviously what's the market? What's the market potential and so on? What's the competitive field look like? And how are the how's the company standing out? What's their core competency? Are they really standing out against their competitors? Lots of companies say, Well, we have great customer service, but then when I poll their customers, they don't. Mm. They don't have <laughs>
1: They're believing what they want to believe. I'm
0: thinking, so where are these numbers coming from? Or where, where's this idea that you have great customer service? No one can ever show me surveys or whatever. So I just start making phone calls and getting feedback. And so it's, 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 um, it's things like that. And then how are they going to get their money back? That's a big one. Mm. Is the company going to give you cash each year or is there going to be a sale in five years but they, as an investor, you want to get your money back at a, at a certain return. So if you believe you can do that based on the information that you've been, been provided with, this may be a, a good investment opportunity for you. But if you don't, then look for another one.
1: Hashtag truth from Tiffany <laughs> C. Uh, uh, you know, I love that, Tiffany, because um, what you're talking about is uh, it's, it's great to be polite. But, I mean, you really, you really need to dig. And sometimes digging can ruffle feathers, but you need to really dig before you start writing checks.
0: Yes, yes. And if, if there – I know there's some businesses out there that don't have the best financial statements. They just do the – they don't close their books on a monthly basis. These are existing businesses mm-hmm. that have – you know that let's say are profitable but need money to grow and would prefer not to take on debt and they uh and they just have a tax they, they have a CPA does their taxes at the end of the year and i say to all business owners please please generate have have an accountant generate your income statement balance sheet and if they can if they can understand and explain it to you, your cash flow statement. If not, then get a interim CFO or something like that who can come in quarterly and 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 go through these things and explain them to you. But generate that on a monthly basis so you can look at the trends or someone can look at the trends again, maybe an interim CFO mm-hmm. if your a regular accountant doesn't, or your bookkeeper. If you just have a bookkeeper, that's fine, but just have an accountant come in and close your books. That will really make you, that will give you much more information on a monthly basis. You can see trends and so on, or someone else can help you see the trends. And uh, it, it, it it just elevates your business and makes somebody who's interested in investing in you much more comfortable because how are they supposed to know how well your business is doing? I and mean, we hear things out in the market and you can have great revenue mm-hmm. and that's wonderful. But, uh, in, unless you're just rapidly growing in a great market, then that and they're buying in this great and they're going to buy before the market turns. Mm-hmm. Then the concern would be that if the market turned and the the rate of growth stopped, then does the business now plummet in value? Right. And so that would be the issue. So, uh, so I, I would say timing and market. Uh, the market conditions, and then financial, yeah,
1: the financials. Yeah, great words from Tiffany C. Wright. Tiffany, I, we're coming up on time and we need to let you get on to the work you're doing. But um, before we let you go, on, I will make sure we get to a success story that illustrates the great work you do, one that you're particularly proud of in terms of the transformation that you've helped a business uh, go through.
0: Okay, well, there was a... Family business. A. I'm trying to not provide the uh, yeah, identifying yeah. details. Sure, but it was a asphalt and construction firm, mm-hmm. and it was under thirty million, mm-hmm. but over twenty five million in revenue, and they really they had a hiccup in their operations, and they. Normally, were, you know profitable to a degree, and but they hit this hiccup, and one of the owners got scared and said, no, 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 we, we can't have this happening, we need to do something about it. Mm. So I was brought in, so they contacted me, and I was brought in, took a look at everything and so on. The other owner who spent most of the time in the business was a little perturbed at first because he thought that the, that he was being accused of making a mistake, mm-hmm. but that wasn't, it was just, it, it was something they had added a new, uh, they had added a new way of doing business mm-hmm. and they hadn't yet set up systems or, or anything like that. And so gotcha. that's what caused the hiccup. Mm-hmm. So I addressed that mm-hmm. it was logistics and so on. So I addressed that I had to reach out to a logistics person, but, um and it was a family run business with three owners, Uh, two different, three different generations, three owners, and they had no intention of selling. They'd had the business for almost 30 years Mm -hmm. and uh, again, no intention of selling, but they just wanted, the one wanted to be able to retire in a few years. So I kept that in my mind. So what I did was I talked to the, the one owner was totally passive. So I didn't I didn't talk to him, but I talked to the other two owners separately. Mm-hmm. Wanted to know what their goals were. Then I talked to them together about the goals of the for the company. Got them all on board to agree. So then we focused on aligning everything we did with the goals of the for the company. The longer term goals for the company, as a and the short term. Mm-hmm. And long story short, we uh, crafted a. Uh, we started holding weekly meetings with, between the management, the owners. They didn't have that. Their, their communication had been shot. So that was very helpful. They had a much better understanding of how the other thought. Yep. One was more strategic. One was more operational. Mm-hmm. So that was really good. Cleared the air there. The We started holding, there were two different, three different departments. So we started holding departmental meetings uh, with the, so the general manager, who was one of the owners, met with the different departmental teams, uh, met with the, the folks that reported to him. And then the departmental folks met with their, their leadership. So that was huge. So it was information coming down and it was amazing because normally I do the agendas for these first meetings and he, he jumped on it. It's like, I'll do it and I'll get it to you to review. So he was gung ho after like the first week and a half, I was there for a total of nine weeks, mm. uh, Continuously, and then came back quarterly to check. But um, anyway, so we, we did different things like that, and we implemented a—we we found out what the what their turnover was horrendous. So we found out what the issues were, what the, the owners—I mean, what the employees wanted. I think I interviewed 95% of the—not the, the owners, the employees—95% of the employees, both on the manufacturing and on the construction side, and— so and, and so crafted a completely it's like a, an, a a new employee incentive plan, mm-hmm. uh, which included everything from money to vacation to team meetings. Because that's the one thing people don't understand: is you, if a team performs well, reward the team. Don't give each team member a gift certificate. You give a team a party. You give them pizza. You give them something that reinforces the team. Mm. So th- different things like that. And anyways, so all of this, by the end of the year, they had returned to the same uh, revenue and profit level as they had the last year, even though when I came in, they were, had already dropped like 12%, but we got them back up and then they were not going to sell. They were not going to sell, but they had been, I think they had been getting offers over the years, like 6 million because everything was in the ownership. Right. But they by pushing everything down, they went from I, I I always say like from two times ebitda to like a five to to more like a four or five times ebitda. And in their oh, wow. industry, four is the standard. But but they actually ended up selling for four and a half times ebitda. Wow! And getting um, about what was it uh, a little bit over just under fifteen million not including the assumption of debt. So that was actually huge. Wow. Because they decided to sell Mm -hmm. because they realized, wow, well, because people started to hear how well that they were doing. Mm -hmm. And so these larger companies wanted entree into their industry where they were located and, um, and started to pursue them. And um, there was a little bit of competition and they, they, the price kept going up and, uh, they liked what they saw when they were digging in and doing their due diligence, and they ended up selling. So the owner, the other owner who wanted to retire in a few years, got got their wish mm-hmm. long before uh, three years and... Um, the, I think this sold about one and a half years after I first entered. Wow. So that was, yeah, I think of that as a very big success story. Everyone was happy
1: Yeah. and Uh, a lot
0: got accomplished.
1: Wow. What a great story. Congratulations on that great work. That is awesome. Um, well, let's get to the most important question though, for folks that want, uh, see a better vision for, for their business, but need help getting there and want to be in touch with you so you can maybe help them you can help be their Sherpa, right? Um, <laughs> let, let, let's uh, let's uh, their guide. Let's uh, let's tell them how they can find you.
0: They can reach me at the dot com and you can get a free twenty minute con uh, consultation at the CEO dot com slash schedule. And you can also con- connect with me at Tiffany C. Wright or the resourceful CEO on LinkedIn and my Phone number is four zero four six four two zero five nine zero. Sorry, I'm thinking of my cell phone. Zero five nine zero. Got
1: it. Tiffany C. Wright, folks, president of the Resourceful CEO, and she's also author of a book. The funding is out there. Access the cash you need to grow your business, folks. We'll have a link to. Uh, the book and where you can find it in the show notes. So check that out as well. Tiffany, thanks so much. You're doing great work. We're just delighted we could have you in to celebrate that work.
0: Thank you, John, for having me. It's yeah. always fun talking with
1: you. Yeah, thank you. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder. If um, somebody somebody like Tiffany's come by and said, you've got administrative tasks or bookkeeping, you need to get off your plate uh, and have somebody else do that work as opposed to you, the owner. Well, I've got a suggestion for you. The great folks at Office Angels, they do terrific work, 770-442-9246, just call them because what you'll do if you call them is what you'll find out is they're not a temp agency or a placement service, they match your needs with angels, and yes, they are angels, I work with them myself in my business, I know this. Uh, they're, they're angelic, and they've got great talent, and they've got the experience necessary to help you create and maintain a successful small business. So if you want more information, you can go to the website, officeangels.us, but just give them a call, 770-442-9246, and tell SES e. Escobedo that we sent you. And folks, just a quick reminder and a request. So North Fulton Business Radio, we're coming up on show number 600, and we're delighted about that. We're delighted about that because we owe a big debt of gratitude to you for your support of the show. You've shared the show, you subscribe to it on your favorite app, and we uh, are really appreciative of that. Please continue to share the show. We're here to celebrate the great work of business leaders like Tiffany and the other some almost 900 guests that we've had on the show over the years. So if you could help us help them, we would appreciate it. And that's by sharing the show with somebody you think would benefit by knowing of their work. Thank you again for that help. So for my guest, Tiffany C. Wright, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.